critics said uh, we'd never last, and look at us. Uh, here we are already hitting into our second episode. Uh, what do critics know, right? Welcome to What Do You Know About Sports? It's uh, episode two with Harry Jeffries, Lance Roberts, and myself. Uh, just introduced the, the panel here. To uh, my left is Gary Jeffries, longtime university football and basketball coach, uh, former CIS Coach of the Year, former Vanier Cup winner, uh, played university football and hockey, and uh, also played in the Detroit Tigers minor league baseball organization. And Lance Roberts to my right, a uh, longtime NHL referee, refereed close to 400, rather uh, 600 games in the National Hockey League, member of the NHL Officials uh, Alumni Association, worked for Hockey Canada's uh, Board of Excellence for Officials. He's been a supervisor and referee at international tournaments like the Spengler Cup and uh, continues to work as an off-ice official in the Canadian Hockey League. And myself, Randy Steinman, and my claim to fame is that I, I know both Gary Jeffries and Lance Roberts. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Doing good. Yeah, doing great, Rand. Thanks. Did we did we get some positive feedback uh, about week one, or, or was most of it negative? <laughs> the negative stuff didn't come through, um, yeah. but uh, yeah, there, there were... Uh, there were some nice comments, yeah, from uh, mostly from my family, though. Yeah, my friends were pretty nice to me too. So we'll see yeah. how it goes. Lance, there were, I, I got quite a few negative comments about you, but I I, yeah. I, weeded, I weeded those out. I'm used to that as a referee. I got a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> All right, so what we do here every week, we each uh, bring a, a topic to the table, and uh, Gary, uh, you've. Uh, mentioned that you want to uh, talk about the Maple Leafs and uh, talk about it. They've got a pretty big week coming up here with uh, some big games against uh, top teams like Florida and Boston. Yeah, I, I, uh, I've been a Leaf fan uh, for uh, virtually my entire life. And uh, um, it, it's, uh, it's been a long, uh, a long haul here the last 55 or 56 years of uh of hanging in there with them, but uh, you know, I, I can go back to uh, actually the '50s when I first started to watch uh, watch sport on TV or a little 15-inch you know, Admiral TV. Um, we used to pick the Leafs up. Uh, I, you guys wouldn't. Uh, you probably don't go back quite this far, but uh, the games used to come on at nine o'clock, uh, midway through the the, the second period. Um, I remember uh, Murray Westgate and Esso and and that song, the the, the same song that they play today. Um, so I, I I started way back then uh, with uh, Todd Sloan and, and Teeter Kennedy and and, and uh, um, you know they they've uh, they, they've had some some rough patches along the way, but uh, in the '60s uh, I, I think they won the Stanley Cup four times. Um, and I, I think I just figured that's that's the way it's going to be. Uh, anyhow, the, the 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 last number of years, um, you know, they, they've uh, they've had a good hockey team. Uh, just not a team that uh, um, looks like it can win. Um, and you know, I I guess if you know people much smarter than than I am, if they knew the reason, uh, they'd get it fixed. Uh, there's lots and lots of theories. 
you know, or that they're not big enough, they're not competitive enough. Um, I, I, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know what the what the reason is. Um, that they're certainly talented. That uh, they've got a, a bunch of forwards that uh, are very very skilled. Um, maybe not so much so on the back end. Uh, you know, Morgan Riley might be the most talented kid they've got back there. Goaltending's a little bit suspect. Um, but, uh, you know, I, in terms of compete, I, I would, and, and they get a lot of that. They, they don't play hard enough. They're, they're not, uh, you know, they, you talk about, uh, teams that are hard to play against. Um, I thought last year in the playoffs that that group, uh, they competed as hard as I've seen them, them, them play. Um, and, uh, so does it come down to, they're not big enough. Um, you know, I didn't. Me as a, a, a you know, a 5'10", 170, uh, I compete my heart out, and I go against Lance, who's who's six two and two fifteen or two twenty. Um, eventually, that that six two two twenty guy, they're going to win. We get on the boards, and we I battle like heck, and you battle like heck. Um, you're probably going to win most of them. Um, so maybe I, you know, maybe our forward group, we have to get bigger. Yeah, the other thing I wonder about. Um, you know, they brought in the, the, the three kids this year, uh, Reeves and Bertuzzi and Domi. And I think the, the Trelemans thought was, you know, we'll, we'll bring some more grit, get some more grit into that lineup. And, uh, you know, we'll, 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 it'll rub off. It'll rub off on the kids that we have. Uh, those kids are going to feel, uh, uh, you know, maybe uh, a, a little braver uh, when they've got some so some uh, some muscle in the lineup, um, and I I think in the beginning I, you look at Reeves the first couple of games that Reeves played he, he every time he had an opportunity he knocked somebody down uh, he got into a couple of scraps um, but since then I, I you know I, I haven't seen that um, and uh, so I I'm wondering it has it has it been a case of uh, the the current players, um, they've rubbed off on the three kids they brought in uh, instead of instead of the other way around, and and they've kind of got settled into this, uh, you know, the way the Leafs play, um, and uh, you know they, they can go they can go sixty minutes and have ten or twelve hits in a hockey game, uh, and you know I, I so they're they're not physical, um, the the one kid. Um, yeah, I don't want to make a speech here. I'll let you guys jump in. But the one kid that that I wish they had a cap was Luke Shen. Uh, you know, they bring in this this the Swedish kid. You know, for for five million, and they could have got Luke for three, and they let him walk. Um, and he he would have been the one one guy that they had. Um, that that are, is going to knock people around. He, he's going to be tough in front of the neck. Uh, he can get the puck out uh, of his end. Uh, he'll drop the gloves if he has to. The one thing they didn't have, and they had him, and it's the second time in his career they let him go. They draft him way back, uh, fifth. I think he was a fifth uh, number five pick. Um, gave him a couple of years, thought he was going to be Bobby Orr, um, and he wasn't going to be, never going to be Bobby Orr, but they didn't give him an opportunity. And then the same things happen again. And I, I think it's a shame. 
Um, but uh, anyhow, the, the, so I don't have the answer. I, I, that 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 lineup, um, you know, I, I watched them the last couple of nights, and I, um, you know, that they, they they don't inspire you. I I, I don't know what it is. Um, but uh, anyhow, we're, now they're going to switch Nylander and Marner in the first and second line. I I don't I can't see that making a hell of a lot of difference. Um, but uh, well, Gary, what do you guys? Well, what do you guys? You, you guys, what do you think, Gary? What I've been told <clears throat> by some, by, what I've been told by a lot of people I know, yeah. is that it's been sixty three years of bad refereeing that the Leafs have run into. <laughs> I can't catch a break. Can't catch a break. years now, I think a bad referee and that the Leafs have run into. So, <laughs> no, I, I think you make a good point to the physical side. I think that, uh, you know, they have a really dynamic team. And uh, scoring wise, they've got some really talented players. But on their back end, I agree. I agree. I, I believe that uh, Shen and the Ed Matson back there last year that really made a difference at, in the playoffs for them. And they need a little, uh, yeah, I agree. They need a little more, like you watch teams that win a Stanley Cup. If you want to see why they won the Stanley Cup, I always say, I always say you just have to check the blue line and see who was on their blue line. You know, and, and they'll say, oh, there was great goaltending. But what makes great goaltending is a blue line that's solid, tough up front. You take New Jersey Devils, they had Niedermeyer, they had uh, Danico back there. Like you didn't go near the front of the net with Danico there. Back in the day with Pronger, you went to the front of the net. Prager would take you out big time. I remember Prager would slash somebody and look at me. He didn't dare me to call a penalty. <laughs> I mean, these guys are tough. I mean, Duncan Keith, you got one shot, and if you got went to the second one, he'd break your arm. So I think the least need a little more back end stuff that would help. But they have a really strong they're building a pretty you know, their 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 front end is as as good as any team in, in the league, I believe. Yeah. Well, yeah so just sort of just out of curiosity, Lance, would you have done more Toronto games than any other team given that when you were uh, refing in the NHL, you were living in in Waterloo. No, you, you you went you went all over basically. I remember I think one year the only time I really had a team a lot was Colorado. I had them eight times one year, but basically they would balance you out because the, the biggest uh, <clears throat> the, you know the biggest enemy of an official is overexposure to a team because if the team loses, eventually they figure out that it's you. Yeah, you know. So if you see them too much. And they're not winning, then it's a big problem. So I had that happen at Salt Lake City. I saw one team six games in a row. They lost all six, and they finally figured out that the referee was a problem. So, yeah. But overexposure is a big is 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 uh, not the best thing for officiating for for a referee. Linesmen may do games closer to home more. They may do more cities more than than a referee will. In the no. two referee system now, though, I find that they can. They will use a referee back-to-back. Like, I'm talking back in the day when there was one referee and two linesmen. But now, I think that other officials will work more games in some cities than they used to because there's two of them and they can't figure out which one's the worst. So that's how that works. Right. Right. <laughs> Regarding the Leafs, I mean, I, 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 like their, I like their big four. I mean, you know, a lot of people are going to criticize, you know, Nylander for whatever and, and Matthews and Marner and Tavares, but... Those guys are all getting a point a game plus. Uh, you know, I, I like Morgan Riley. I like TJ Brody. Uh, Ilya Samsonov is is one of the goalies. I'm just a little concerned about some of those numbers. You know, uh, uh, goals against of you know more than three and a half is a little concerning. Save percentage that's south of 880 is a little concerning. But uh, it'll be interesting this week. I mean, we, they've got 
two real big games with the uh, Florida and, and Boston, two two good Eastern Conference teams, and uh, Seattle's in the middle there. So interesting to see where we go. Well, Lance, you meant just before you go on, Randy, Lance, you mentioned about uh, you know the the priors and and so on in front of the net and uh, and taking care of business um, with with the Leafs. I, I don't believe for one second that, that uh, those kids back there don't want to do that. I, I just don't. I don't think physically they're able. I, I don't think they're big enough. Um, you know, they put some of those big power forwards in front of the net, and, and I don't think they can move. Um, and and I think that's part of it. Um, maybe their nature. You know, Morgan Riley. Uh, you know, he, he's uh, he's a skilled kid. He's never been a physical player. Um, you know, I, Brody and I, I, I don't, I don't see them as, as, uh, you know, that, that being in their nature, I don't see them as being big enough. Um, and hence, you know, that, that uh, you know, that they're not good in five rack. So Morgan Riley's not, he, he's a skilled player. I think that's the balance they need to have. They need, they need big, strong guys back there that they can have with him to allow him to do what he does best. Right. I think Biggest thing for for like with Morgan Riley is that is is that if he has someone back there, he can move the puck more. He can get you know he can do the things he can leave. He can leave that. He can do more rushing. But if he if they're if he's expected to be back in front of the net, being physical, I don't think that's fair to Morgan Riley. But I don't think that that's what they expect of him. I just think they have to get guys back there that can complement that a little bit, a little bit stronger on their defense. Yeah, for sure. You know they had they had Jake Muzzin. Unfortunately, he uh, you know he he brought a little bit of that. Yeah, uh, and we we talked about Dan. So the uh, you know going forward this year, um, hopefully they're 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 still looking to add, and uh, that's where you have to add, I believe. Well, Nylander is such a skilled player, and he. He, you know, he, he is he's he's uh he's gonna be the he's gonna be a dynamic player if he continues to play the way he is, and he'll he'll make he'll make some noise in the playoffs I think this year if he gets if they get when they get there and they will get to the playoffs. Yeah. Well, the knock on him always was that, uh, you know, you, you never knew when he was going to show up, and uh, he'd play hard for a bit and disappear for three or four games. Um, I, I think what he's done this year is that he uh, he's competed from game one. Okay. There's no question. Remember, it's a contract year, though. Uh, I, I hate I hate to think that's what it is. I, I, I'd like to think that he, he figured it out. Um, um, but uh, he, he's been uh, he's been their best player, in my opinion. You know, I, I think he's been he's been terrific. So, so something tells me, guys, the the Leafs will give us lots to talk about uh, for a long time to come here. <laughs> We've been waiting since 1967, so hopefully we're not waiting another whatever it is. What is that? 60, 56 years. 56. 56 years of bad referee and 56 yeah. and counting. Yeah, yeah. So moving on, uh, Lance, uh, you wanted to talk about sports nicknames. Uh, what's uh, what's your topic for today? Well, it, it stems from Gary had mentioned that there's a few um, – other podcasts out there that they all, everybody has nicknames and stuff like that. And I thought, well, you know, I, I, we want to be different. We should just keep our regular names. But I got to thinking, like, where's the, you know, going in the, in the past, there's been some really remarkable 
things that happen with nicknames and stuff. In fact, and how do you, how do you arrive at the, at the nickname? So I was going to say that, you know, my, my nickname all through the Western Hockey League was, was uh, Spear. And the reason that I had that nickname was because my first game in the Western Hockey League, I drove from Edmonton to Lethbridge, set up to do my first game there, and I ended up living in Lethbridge. I moved right down to Lethbridge. My first game in the, in the Western Hockey League at the time, I was, I don't know, it was like 1979. And uh, I remember sitting in the dressing room, and the, the, the other linesman that was there was John Cobal, and I think uh, Kenny Wheeler was the referee coming in for that game. So I'm in the room early and I'm, you know, getting ready and I'm really, you know, you know, one of the jumping, just jumping to get out there. And the one lines, the one lines with John Cobal comes in and he sits down and he looks across at me. He's an old veteran and he says, uh, what's your name? And I said, uh, my name's Lance. And he says, like in Spear? <laughs> I go, yeah, yeah, like in Spear. And from then on, my nickname was Spear, all over, like all over Lethbridge, everywhere I went, everybody called me Spear. To this day, I go back to Lethbridge and people call me Spear. Mm. And the interesting part about that is it's just sort of basically in, in Lethbridge. And I remember going, going into the National Hockey League, there was players that came out of Lethbridge that were playing in the NHL. But one night in particular was kind of funny because Richie Sutter was playing with Chicago at the time, I think either one of the twins, Ronnie or Richie. And, uh, they're they're yelling at me, right? And they're calling me Spear, like Spear. Get you know, open up your eyes or something like that. I can't really get into the derogatory remarks I was getting from them and whatever they're going to do with a Spear. And one of the lines that says to me he goes, "Cause up beside me, and he says, he goes Dan Shakti, and he says to me, he goes, who the who the hell is Spear?" I said, "Well, oh, that's me. That's my nickname in Lethbridge. That's all I know me by is Spear." <laughs> so, so it's kind of funny how nicknames came about. So it's kind of thinking of myself too that as we go through you know as we as i was going through my career nicknames on the on the ice is a lot to do i got called robbie a lot like they'd all shorten their names up but one particular we had nicknames for our, uh the guys we had in uh, the national hockey league like uh scotty driscoll was uh called cub because ron Astelstein was called bear and that was their nicknames and we would call them by those names like there's nicknames they have out there, you know, the great one. We don't call Wayne, you don't walk up to Wayne Gretz and say hey, great one. You go up to Wayne Gretz and say hey, Gretz, right? right? So th- there's all these other kind of nicknames. But when I get back to where we had one year in 1999, um, we had uh, an in the playoffs. I think that year, or was it the year before? The year before, I'm not sure where exactly. But Ty Domi had had a an epitaph sent said to uh, Darren McCarthy with Philadelphia in the playoffs. And he was playing with Toronto at the time. And it went big in the papers, eh? And I don't want to get into the derogatory remark. But what was funny about it was that the next year we had a big meeting next year at our at our, uh, at our NHL officials camp. And we had Brian Burke came in and they all wanted to talk about how we can, you know, we, we're going to, from now on, we didn't want to, because the biggest thing is didn't want to get into the media. So if anything, like someone ever said anything derogatory about somebody, like, you know, what, you know, in a bad way or, you know, like a racial thing or something, you're supposed to take the player over to the coach and then tell the coach to talk to the player. And next time we're going to have to, you know, assess a penalty or something like that, educate the player on the bench during the, during the game, basically. So what was funny about the meeting we had was that one of our referees, Denny Morrell, his nickname was Froggy. <laughs> so 
what happened was that we we're trying to define what a, what is a racial slur. Right. Well, somebody said, "Well, can we call Morel Froggy," and Benny goes, "Yeah, I'm Froggy," and we're going, "No, you can't do that anymore." So we're going, "What are we going to call him? He's French." It's like so. It's funny how nicknames evolved since the days we were back in the day. So in the game I had in Anaheim with Calgary and Anaheim, I had Eddie Ward. And uh, one of the Russians that was playing for Anaheim, I can't remember his name, but he was Russian. And Eddie gave him gave him the slur, you know, call him a commie. And I, I go, oh, way to go, Eddie. I said, come on, let's go. We got to go to the box now. He kind of called him like uh, more than that, what he called him that when they were having this scrum. So I take him to Pierre Page, who was coaching Calgary at the time. And uh, I says to Page, you got to talk to Eddie here. He used a racial slur here. You got to tell him, you know, talk to him about it, right? So he turned to me, and, he, and as I was getting away, Padre says, what did he say? And I turned back, and I said, he called him a whatever, call me. And one of the guys in the bed stands up, and he, and he says, yeah, we got a call me. And the other guy in the bed stands goes, yeah, I'm the call me. And so I'm going, how are we going to do this? <laughs> These guys are calling each other names on the bench the same way we did with, with Denny Morrell. So I thought that kind of made me laugh when I heard we were going to get our nicknames. I could just imagine. But I got my slogan, though. I got... Uh, this made for me because it's called Spear. I want to make sure you guys can see that. Mike Campbell made that for me, my buddy in uh, old timers hockey. So if you you know we're gonna have any nicknames out here, Gary, you better get a good one because those things can be really mean a lot in that re- in that regard. But that's that's why I kind of thought about it. But did you have any any extraordinary nicknames in football? I mean, there's lots of football nicknames out there that were pretty cool, right? All right. Honestly, I, I when I heard you were gonna. Sp- talk on this I, I'm trying to think I'd, um, I I can't I can't come close to the story you just told uh, this, uh, um, you know we, we've talked here recently about you know Randy and yourself and names we could come up with uh, for you guys but uh, we, we probably won't put them on air but you won't, you won't have this though will you you won't have no 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 <laughs> But it was something I thought were pretty funny. I looked some up. Was like uh, Ed Verbeek, who I, I refed a lot. Of. He was he was some difficult guy to deal with some nights. And even his coach his coach nicknamed him "Little Ball of Hate." <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny because I I actually he was a little ball of hate on the ice. I guarantee you that. Yeah, you know, there was all kinds of funny. But it, you know the way the players all talked to each other on the ice. He basically you know they shorten them up, but you know they don't really use like I see the. The refrigerator and stuff like that used to be. I don't think anybody walked up and said, "Hey, hey, refrigerator." But we did have a guy in in uh, in Seattle who was the guy that drove the Zamboni, and his nickname was Freezer because Michael Perry in Chicago was called Refrigerator, so they called him Freezer. And this guy was something else. Every time I walked out of the ice, we go, "You, you'd be saying to me all the time as I walked out there." You know, you got to be a brave man going out there, buddy. You got to be a brave man going out there, see, because it was kind of dangerous in Seattle. But he was a—he was a lot of fun. That guy here, too. He used to drive the Zamboni. He used to play meaner than a junkyard dog when he was driving the the, the, the Zamboni around the rink in Seattle. It was probably probably the the football guy that we we'd most be uh, familiar with is pinball. Yeah, um, you know, I I don't know where where he got that name other than, than, you know, a small little guy that, that, that kind of bounced off players and, and kept going and, and spinning and, and, you know, whether that, uh, that, that's where that evolved. Uh, I don't, uh, I don't know, but, uh, 
Um, yeah, yeah, it's too grim. Said he was called the Grim Reaper. <laughs> yeah, he was something. He was one tough dude. That's dude. I'll tell you that. He looked like he, he was scaring me coming at me. He didn't look like the Grim Reaper to me. Can I tell you a, a great uh, pinball Clemens story? I interviewed him once. Uh, I'm going to say around 2000. I interviewed him again around maybe three, four years later, and he remembered my name. I couldn't believe it. I, I mean, I I meet people and I forget their name three minutes later, and and he he remembered me three years, four years later. Wow. I, I and I've heard that from other people about him. He just he, he's just got an incredible memory, and and uh, it, it, I've just never forgotten that about Pinball Clements. And what a great nickname for him too. I mean, when you think about it. You, you nailed it, Gary, when you said he just he just bounces off people like a, you know, like a little pinball arcade game going up the field, and that's that's about what he did. He's a he's a wonderful person, um, absolutely uh, charming guy, um, and uh, a great great motivator. Um, you know, when we coached that Argo team, I I got, I would have loved to have uh, been in that dressing room and there and, and listen to him pregame. Yeah, uh, he's uh, he's a wonderful guy. Yeah, some nicknames too. I mean, it it pretty neat to have a nickname that just sort of becomes you. You know, I mean, it's funny. You think about Tiger Woods. Tiger's real name isn't Tiger; it's it's Eldrick, but he's he's Tiger. And you know, Babe Ruth's first name wasn't Babe; it was George. And uh, you know, to have a name that basically is you it personifies you and it carry that through your life is is pretty cool like i'm sure even you know william perry he probably answers to the fridge or refrigerator more than anything else yeah you're right randy that's the part that i'd be interested in that because there's lots of them that have these 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 great nicknames but they're nicknames that the media uses I'm pretty sure they don't call them that when they see one, that, you know, when they walk up to them and say, hey, how you doing? You know, yeah, yeah. It's that kind of a thing. They wouldn't walk up and say, you know, the great, the, hey, hey, great one, how are you doing? You know? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Magic Johnson, there's another one, Magic. I mean, yeah. you know, and I don't know, maybe his maybe his, his wife calls him Irvin, but nobody else is calling him, you know, anything but Magic. And the interesting too is how the how the, the the nicknames came about. Like I was reading up on it a little bit, and and Toe Blake, that's his nickname. His name isn't Toe Blake; it's Hector Blake, I believe. And I think it was a granddaughter or a little one of his granddaughters or or younger sister would call him instead of saying Hector, would say Hecto, Hecto all the time to him, and it became evolved into Toe Blake, and that's all you know him by is Toe Blake. So. Right. It's interesting how you know some of your nicknames just stick to you as you go as you go on, right? Yeah. Lance, you brought a prop. I brought a prop too. This is my favorite nickname. <laughs> what is it? It's upside down. Oh, it's a, it's backwards. But Kenny Stabler. Do you remember Kenny Stabler's nickname? Yeah. You remember? Yeah. Kenny Stabler. Yeah. O- Oakland Raiders was it? The Snake. The, the snake. snake. Kenny the Snake Stabler. I love that nickname. The Snake. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorites, one of my favorite players, Foley, Alabama, Kenny Stabler. And of course, you know, if, if we're, if we're looking for, uh, you know, suggestions for our, our nicknames moving forward, I, 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 I not, a, not, not afraid to admit I candy Randy, 
Is that... <laughs> I, I'm I'm okay with it. It's, it's supposed to relate to something that's that's real, or like true, not something that's. <laughs> you can't just label yourself like that. You got to be. I can't come from somewhere else. I can't. I can't nickname myself. No, you can't nickname yourself. You know, you can't run around. Go, hey, I'm Stud Randy. You can't do that. This doesn't work that way. You remember, well, the people, the people, we have the people email in some nicknames for us and tell us some other nicknames, maybe that they've ever heard in the past over sports figures that they thought was pretty cool. You can always yeah. email that in to us. I can just imagine what the nicknames you're going to get this time. You just, you just heard, you just heard lads, lads say how, how interesting it is how some of these nicknames like they really fit, right? And and then you come up with I Candy Randy, like they're. There's no shed whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> we may have to. I told you, we can't do nicknames, I don't think. I can't. No, yeah. We may have to work on it a little bit. Yeah. But for now, I'm good with it. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Um, experience. I wanted to bring one uh, one topic here uh, to uh, today's discussion. Recently, there was, uh, you know, a, a Pretty amazing story, as far as I was concerned, for someone who worked in the media for uh, 40 years. And uh, a former NFL sideline reporter uh, named Carissa Thompson, who, who still continues to work as a host on Fox, and uh, uh, she just still does Thursday night football games, too, I think, as a host. She admitted that back in the day when she was a sideline reporter, uh, she would often make up quotes that uh, she said coaches or players had said to her, and then she would share them on the air uh, as if they were real. And she had just made them up. And I, I was just amazed when I heard that. In, in a day and age when, um, you know, the media is under the microscope quite a bit for, uh, you know, people saying fake news and and. and the media lies all the time. And I mean, as someone who, again, worked in it for 40 years, um, never once in my life said anything that I knew was not accurate. Not one time in 40 years. And never did I make anything up like a quote. Um, I mean, you, you, you've got to be accountable in that business, especially in this day and age. And I was just, uh, frankly, I was just appalled that, uh, you know, she would admit that she had made up quotes um, from coaches when, uh, and, and, you know, she said, I didn't really say anything that they probably wouldn't have said anyway. Uh, like she said, you know, uh, they're probably going to admit that they knew need to do a better job on third down, or they need to do a, you know, a better job of stopping the run or something. The fact is, if, if, if the coach didn't say it to you, then don't pass it off as if it was fact. And, uh, um, it just really, it just really bothered me that she would have come out and admitted that. And she's had a lot of backlash from other media, including current sideline reporters. And uh, I don't know. I just thought it was an interesting thing to talk about. I mean, Gary, I'm sure you, during your years, would have been interviewed occasionally during games uh, by television uh, sideline reporters. I mean, how would you have felt if they were making up quotes for you? No, I, I, I think it's very odd. I, I, uh, 
I just don't, uh, I don't understand. Um, first of all, why did she report this on herself? Yeah. Um, well, why would she even bring it up? Uh, if in fact that, uh, that that's what she was doing. Shoot. She was on a podcast. Eth- ethically, it's uh, you know it, it, it it's off base, and uh, and I certainly understand how reporters uh, like yourself and, and many many others would uh, would be very offended. Um, it, you know, and, and I I do understand too that, uh, um, and I think the story the storyline is a little bit that uh, these would be interviews that she she have organized with a coach. And for whatever reason, the coach didn't didn't show up, um, and so she she then go on and and uh, uh, make up what what she believed that coach would have said, um, and uh, I think that uh, because this does happen, and I think you know, you know we all know that that that's going to happen occasionally. Um, as a reporter, I I think you have to be prepared for for such. Um, in, you know, in case it does happen, and have somewhere else you can go, uh, other than making things up as to what that uh, what that coach would have said. Um, so I, I just think uh, she she totally off base. I don't know if uh, um, if she's still is she still working. Um, I know there was talk of uh, you know maybe taking her off the air or suspending her or something. You know what the result uh, actually was. As as of today, I don't believe uh, that has happened. She's she's no longer a sideline reporter. She I don't think she has been for at least uh, a decade. Uh, I, I think she was more uh, a sideline reporter back around two thousand ten. Back in those days, she's now a host on uh, on uh, on Fox, and uh, she uh, she works on the Thursday night games as well uh but just from a credibility standpoint it, it's hard to it, it's now sort of hard to look at her anytime she says anything and you know you just kind of have to question can i really a hundred percent believe what you're telling me here because you've already admitted that uh you know you you basically made things up and she's apologized to her credit, I guess she apologized for, for, I don't know if she apologized for doing it as much as she apologized for admitting it. I guess she admitted it on a, on a podcast, uh, recently. And, uh, that's where she had come up, uh, come up with this and, and admitted this. Um, but boy, she's, she sure has, uh, there's, there's been a real, uh, a backlash against her from others in the media. And it'll be interesting to see what happens you know, with her career moving forward now as a result of it. Well, her credibility would be pretty well shot now, I would think. But it's interesting that she, you know, she's come, I don't know where she, uh, what, her, what her thinking was behind it. But, I mean, on the internet today, the stuff that's coming through, the credibility on that is pretty weak too at times with people putting stuff out and saying stuff on the media, on the on the internet anyways. So maybe that's her thought process. A lot of models will come clean. The rest of the stuff come out of the internet is just as, is not as credible either, right? So it's um it's hard. It must be hard for athletes today, you know, with the reporters and and things that they'll write that they don't like. They'll write about other reporters on the internet and or other not other reporters, rather about the players and things that may you know fill things in that may not even be true. So it's hard to 
hard, it's hard to censor some of that stuff. I think I'm not privy to how the, you know, how that works. Well, I'll admit right now, I think I Candy Randy would be a perfect nickname for me. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll go out on a limb. I'll go out on a limb and, and, and say that that is an, an accurate statement. Well, if you get Cheryl out here, she's probably wearing sunglasses, for God's sake, so look at you. Because <laughs> you're, you kind of shine pretty big. Yeah. Um, just want to mention something else before we uh, wrap this up uh, for week two here, guys. Um, we, we do have... Uh, an email address uh, so that uh, if anyone would like to uh, get a hold of us, uh, reach out and, uh, you know, give us some feedback, um, whatever, uh, you can uh, contact us at what do you know about sports at gmail.com. It's, uh, I know what do you is spelled sort of weird there. And Lance, you're probably a little confused, but uh, it's, uh, you know, it's what do you know about sports at gmail.com. And then um, you can uh, you can get a, a hold of us through that and uh, just let us know what you think. If you've got topics, suggestions, any kind of feedback, uh, we've all got pretty thick skin. So I think we can uh, we can handle it. Any thoughts, guys, as we uh, wrap up uh, another week and uh, head off to uh, hopefully what will be a couple of Wins for your uh, Leafs in the next few days here, Gary. Yeah, that uh, it would be interesting to see. Interesting to see how uh, you know how they play here going forward. This is uh, coming home after uh, you know the trip uh, over to Europe and and uh, two games on the road. So um, I want to see Nylander uh, up with Matthews so I can see what that looks like and see if Marnie's pouting because he's on the on the second line now and. To, to just see how they play, but uh, you know, this uh, this was fun, and uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, we we can continue this for a bit. I just want to send my thoughts to Jay and Leah on the passing of Morty Taylor. It was a very good friend of mine, and Jay's a very good friend of mine, also, and I'm very close to them. Um, and I want to just send my sympathies to their family. Yeah, uh, for, for for those of you who uh, are, aren't familiar with uh, Morty's Pub in Waterloo, uh, it's just a, a great establishment where the three of us, uh, actually, this is where it was almost the genesis of this show is the three of us sitting around table at Morty's probably, you know, 20 years ago, just having conversations like this and, uh, and uh, the, the the restaurant, the bar is named after Morty Taylor, who passed away recently. And uh, celebration of life was held up there in Waterloo. And Lance, you were able to attend, and and uh, it was a, I guess, a great tribute. And that's really nice to hear. Yeah, it was fantastic. Certainly, Absolutely, I certainly echo those comments. Um, he, uh, Morty, was a great, uh, a great guy, and and uh, a pillar in that community. Um, and his son Jay is the is a reflection of his dad, and, and uh, uh, we hope to get down there this Saturday and uh, pay our respects. So, rest in peace, Morty. For sure. Thank you, guys. We'll see you soon.